Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus That's That's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to Sox on Tap. I am your host, Tony Marchese, and tonight I am joined by Purdue Owns Illinois, NWI Steve, and Sean Roberts. Sup, Sean? Sup, boys? How's it going? Hey, yo, Sean, it's nice to finally be able to talk to the man, the myth, the legend himself. Yeah, I know. We've always, we've interacted on Twitter, but uh, but yeah, now we're, now we're doing live on uh, Sox on Tap. I think this just calls for one thing. I already hey, opened Steve. mine, so <laughs> crack them, buddy. This is—I didn't know that you two have never actually gotten to speak with each other. Yeah. I, I didn't even give formal introductions. I just assumed that you guys met because, I mean, you are two of my favorite people to talk White Sox baseball with. <laughs> I just would have assumed that uh, that you guys had had met before. So this is great. I, I love introducing two people together i should put myself in the middle instead of throwing you guys off on the end of the screen here but uh you know i think you know i just gotta say as a Sox fan i'm watching white Sox baseball all the time my phone's ringing and it's it's besides buzz and johnny who are also on the show it's you guys who are talking white Sox baseball with me whenever something horrible goes on uh, on the field or, or there's just absolutely something ridiculous it's normally one of you guys who are texting me first so this is this is great this is great. I, I'm I'm happy to be here with both of you. Yeah, man. I got I got a couple people that I can vent with, and it's 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 Tony, White Sox, Dave, and my father. And my father is the most vicious out of everybody. He wants everyone fired all the time. He wants people traded, everyone released. And uh yeah, so it's Tony's my he like settles me a little bit because me and him, we we think about the same on everything. So it's just like hey, hey, I'm thinking I'm thinking this, and he's like, I'm thinking the exact same. I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure I'm not like crazy here so steve you know you brought up a good topic here sean your your father and white Sox baseball steve i've had conversations with you as well about your father and and how he views the white Sox. i think that's a great first topic like does your dad drive you nuts with his white Sox takes i'll go to steve first and we'll go to sean (laughs) after that jesus christ you know this guy drives me absolutely insane because we'll talk just ba- baseball in general, whether it's the Sox or, or in generalities, and I'll be asking me about a player, you know, if it's a pitcher, how many wins did he have last year? How many, how many RBIs did this guy have? You know, it's, it, you know, he would fit in real perfect with, um, you know, a certain, you know, want to be heel on, on White Sox Twitter. Cause I feel like they share the same brain on, on a lot of different things, but um, a lot of times it just drives me absolutely bonkers. I try to tell him like, listen here, old man, I don't look at RBIs. I don't look at batting average. You need to kind of get caught up here a little bit. It's the year of our Lord, 2022. Nobody's looking at that anymore. I understand you were playing baseball in 1963 when when that shit was prevalent, but let's try to get with the times here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to my father, it's just, it's everything's the extreme. It's the most dramatic stuff, right? Like Giolito can go out there and pitch, Five games in a row where he just lights out, but you know whatever starts gives up five in the first or whatever you know whatever the case is. And my dad's like, he needs to go. Done with him. He's he's overrated. I'm tired of it. He needs to release his ass tomorrow. And, it's, and I always have to just sit there like, relax. They'll be fine. It's okay. I always tell him, I'm like, if I start texting you freaking out, that's when you should be able to start freaking out. <laughs> Well, I feel like to an extent, guys, you know, we've got to respect the knowledge of our elders, so to speak. And, and Steve, that's why, you know, you and I converse and I come to you all the time, but you know, I I just, I think you had to get a shot in there. Didn't you? I did. I did. I had to get the shot after I, after I brought you a bunch of treats yesterday, you did, you you, you do me dirty like that real man of the people you are. 
real man of the people. And I actually commended you for it. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I've, I've given my thank yous for the service and I will continue to drink the yingling that you brought me from the East coast. And I will enjoy every little bit of it, Steve, real man of the people. But tonight I am drinking Budweiser. Uh, I, I, I did, I did make my way through a good portion of the first case after you left yesterday, Steve made it, made it a good way through. Hey, it sounds like you uh, got after it a little bit like I did. You know, may, may or may not have had a couple two tree pops. You know, during the course of the day yesterday, and just a couple, just, just just a few, just to build up a nice solid base. You know, nothing nothing crazy. I definitely didn't did not drink for eleven straight hours. That definitely did not happen. No, I'm sure not. it didn't. I'm sure did you end didn't. up at a random casino in the middle of a state? <laughs> yesterday, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, a weird Saturday. Well, and that's why we continue it with Sunday Fun Day. That's why yeah. that's why we continue it right here. Uh, going back to you know the the interactions that you guys had with your dads and just White Sox fandom. When I look back to myself, there's there's one person in my family that I can relate to uh, that also kind of has some of those takes. It's actually my wife's grandfather. He'll get upset with some stuff that the White Sox do just a little bit over the top on maybe one or two things. Wants everybody gone. He had a very big fascination with making sure that Don Cooper got fired. I'm very happy that Don (laughs) Cooper got fired because now that can, that can be laid to rest, but you know, moving into this, we've, we've had quite the winter guys. There's nothing to talk about in terms of White Sox news, unless we want to dive into Charlie Tilson's uh, new contract with the Chicago dogs. Anthony, I'm not sure if you know this, but word on the street is, according to my sources, Charlie Tilson went to New Trier. Is that hashtag confirmed? I don't know. Sean, do you have any other information on that? New Trier's very own. I mean, I feel like if you watch White Sox baseball and didn't know that Charlie Tilson uh, went to New Trier, are you even a Sox fan? That's a great question. We can can revisit (laughs) this one over and over again. I'm just happy he found his home back in Chicago playing for the Dogs. I know our guy Schwartzy over at ONTAP Sportsnet is going to be very happy. They they actually hosted us, the Chicago Dogs, uh, back in 2020 uh, to a nice little sweet event there. That's when uh, Southside Ron took on the Summer of George in a hot dog eating contest. Um, Ron handed it to him. I got to give it to Southside Ron there. He, he took down... 108 tourney champion Alex George in a hot dog eating contest. Sean, you would have you would have loved that. It was it was quite an epic night. Yeah, uh, well, I remember seeing the uh, seeing all the pictures and stuff like that. So I uh, where where do they play at? Where do the Shadow Dogs play at? They're out in Rosemont. So okay. they've got a nice little stadium right off the highway in Rosemont. It's uh, it's a it's a good time. I, I would I would recommend if you're looking to just go to a minor league baseball game and. Just nothing, watch nothing baseball, that, have some baseball, have some beers. It's a, it's a good time out there at the Dogs. And, may, you know, maybe Steve will make our way down there this year. You know, Major League Baseball season, uh, depending or not, maybe we'll go out there and char- uh, cheer on Charlie Tilson for, for a couple two-tree innings and have some beers. Either that or who knows, maybe we have to have another hot dog eating contest because, you know, Southside Ron, I heard he was running his mouth quite a bit after he, he took down Summer of Georgia. And, I don't know if you guys know this, but on July 3rd of 2019, the day that Dylan Cease made his major league debut, I may or may not have eaten 22 hot dogs in that doubleheader day. So just going to put that out there. Just going to put that out there. Dangerous game. That's that's a a bold statement you just made there, Steve. You might have to get the promoters on this one. (laughs) Sean, you do some promotion out there in Iowa. How do we hype up a hot dog eating contest between Southside Ron and NWI Steve? God, you you got to social media the hell out of it. Social media the hell of it. You got to get get a get a couple media backings in it, and uh, then have them promote it, and and possibly get a hype man. I don't know. There's a guy that does some hype man stuff out at the Nap Center here in Des Moines that might be able to help. There we go. I want to. I need a. Hype man. I need a hype man for this, Steve. We're going to make a, a full production out of this. We're going to cheer on Charlie Tilson, Southside Ron versus NWI Steve. This is new shirts. I'll oh, even yeah. get you. I'll even get you uh, whatever walk-in music you want as you enter the. Suite. I I'm pretty sure you know where we're going with that. There we go. <laughs> I'm sure Southside Ron will listen to this later and and have his own comments on it. But let's get back to some White Sox White Sox topics, guys. Um, 
you know, just off the top of my head here, we're in the lockout right now. We're hoping it ends. It sucks that, you know, spring training trips have been canceled at this point for a lot of people. I know Johnny's had his canceled. Steve, you've told me that you are going to be very hashtag mad online uh, if your spring training trip has to get canceled. Recent news is uh, on Friday, they said that the MLBPA and the owners will be starting to meet almost daily starting Monday. Now, everything else has been 15-minute meetings here and there. It seems like both the camps have kind of just slow played this up until this point where we actually now have an official statement that games and spring training activities have been postponed until March 5th. Where are you guys at in terms of, you know, just levels of concern as to if this can creep into the season? How mad are you? Are, are you mad uh, at this? Is it kind of expected? Where, where are you guys at? Just temperature check real quick here. Steve, I'll go to you first. I would say we are definitely at threat level midnight right now. Um, this is a very critical week coming up here. I feel like we've all known that if there wasn't a deal hammered out by March 1st, the probability of the season starting at the corner of 35th and Shields on March 31st is just not great, Bob, if we're being totally honest with ourselves. So they've got seven days to try to hammer something out. Let's hope that they actually have discussions in earnest this week and not just these little cursory, oh, here's our little offer where we you know, increase the um, the pre-arbitration player uh, bonus pool by a couple million dollars here and there. Let's hope that they actually talk through the substantive issues here and try to work towards having an agreement and getting this thing done because let's be real about this. Everybody is sick and tired of this. We, we should be seeing guys playing catch, throwing bullpens in Arizona and in Florida right now. And the fact that they're not doing it is making me hashtag mad online. So if they don't get it done this week, it's really going to be dialed up a notch. Yeah, man, I, 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 I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off and I'm pissed off because I think it's more the fact I'm pissed off. Obviously, you want these guys. We, we, we want the start of the season. We want the start of the season. We want these guys, like, like Steve said, throwing, catching, all that in Arizona and Florida. But I think I'm more pissed off of the fact that I have, I'm tired of defending the game of baseball. I sit here on a daily basis on the radio shows and on social media always having to be like baseball this, baseball that. I'm just sick and tired of them. They never get out of their own way. It's always something. It is always something. The one good thing they've done in the last few years was the damn Field of Dreams games that I know I believe you both were at. Um, and then after that, it's just a bunch of nonsense. And I was calling this when it happened back, or I, I felt this was going to start happening in July and August, and I kept warning people, listen, there is going to be a – possibility that we aren't going to have baseball or at least the start of baseball not that I, I i believe we're going to have it i just don't know when that's going to be and and we have a very short period of time here to get something done and it's it's hurt me i i was talking to my buddy the other day and i was like if i'm having these thoughts of going f baseball right someone who truly loves the game more than a lot of things in life and that that game the game itself has meant the world to me if i'm having these thoughts imagine what the casual fans have and going i don't need to worry about this i don't need to waste my time with this these guys don't give a shit all that stuff you know and, and it's just it's frustrating it's very very frustrating but so, i will say i will say i do have someone that unfortunately works for the minnesota twins organization um ooh. <laughs> I, no i know but he believes that things will get ironed out here and that major league teams right now are sending everything down to their spring training facilities to prepare. Like it's going to be go time here shortly. Sean, I have to ask you a very pivotal question here. Have you informed this person that the Minnesota twins have set a North American sports record with 18 consecutive playoff losses? Well, here, here, so here's the kicker is he worked for the twins organization, then worked for the Royals organization and then went back to the twins organization. So I'm like, dude, stop going to teams that I hate. You don't need people like that in your life, Sean. No, no. About this. <laughs> These are rough relationships. This is what happens when you head on out to Iowa, Sean. Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's tough. But I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, like, what, what are you hoping comes out of this bargaining agreement? Because I don't I don't think that's a question that gets asked enough to people because they, I, I, on the surface, we'll sit here and say, yeah, I want baseball back. So I want them to reach an agreement. 
Yeah. But like, is there anything that you're hoping comes out of it? Or are you guys more in the sense of like, just reach a fucking deal sign and let's move on and sign, sign it and start playing? Or is there, are, are you guys more like, you know, we, we've got issues here that need to be sorted out with X thing in baseball. Could be a rule change, minor league stuff, all that. Like what, what are your, what are your thoughts going into this as an overall, uh, you know, debate between the owners and the players association more than just, I want baseball back. The biggest thing that I would like to see getting addressed is the service time manipulation because baseball is the only sport where when guys are ready, they are not elevated to the highest level until it is contractually beneficial to ownership and to the clubs themselves. You don't see that in the NFL. You don't see that in the NBA. You don't see that in the NHL. When guys are ready and you know more so – NFL and NBA, they get drafted in that first round. They're on the big scene right away there. You know, they're not having to go playing in minor league cities and, and doing bus rides from town to town. But we saw this with Eloy. We saw this with Luis Robert over the last couple of years with the Sox. When guys are ready, they're just not being brought up because of that service time manipula manipulation aspect of it. And I don't know how that gets addressed ultimately because when you have a system that is ultimately determining free agency based on how many days you spend on the major league roster over the course of a season, I don't know how you fix that. But that's the one thing I would love to see get fixed because if a guy is ready, bring him up. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Steve. That's the one thing that like, you know, and I see certain people on, on Sox Twitter um, that like to – kind of throw jabs at the White Sox as an organization for being like, well, you know, they let's let's they signed Eloy for I don't even remember, you know, how much it is, but he's he should be this much money. And it's like, well, hold the phone here, guys. Like, I'm not gonna hate on the White Sox for playing the game. And I think they played the game a lot differently than how a lot of other major league teams did, right? Like they at least gave these guys the opportunity, here's a contract, here's what we can do, and you can start on opening day, right? Like should they should Luis Robert and Eloy now looking at it be like yeah they're worth more money but at the at the time like would would we have been in an uproar if Eloy would have been would or Luis Robert would have stayed down in the minors for two weeks yeah white Twitter would have went nuts so I'm not going to get pissed at Rick Hahn for figuring out a way to get these guys to be able to on, to be able to be on the opening day roster is it kind of shitty that they're making not maybe what they're making but they also like Eloy and Luis haven't played a major league game yet, you know. I mean, so at that point, you've got to kind of like take a step back here. You're you're a White Sox fan, both of you. You're a White Sox fan, right? You've got a GM who signed premier talent before they had ever played a major league game and took a chance. Because let's be honest with ourselves, we're not even out of the woods yet where those deals have paid for themselves, <laughs> right? And right. we're sitting here and we've got people who literally want to crucify the team for signing guys to multi-million dollar contracts when neither of those guys have really even played a full season yet because they're not paying them enough. Right. There's, then, there's risk involved on, on both sides of, of that yes. equation. And the fact of the matter is that's the one thing that throughout the course of his tenure as general manager, Rick Hahn has really excelled at is getting guys – getting guys to sign those pre-arbitration level deals. And in the cases of um, Eloy and, and Luis Robert, getting them to sign before they even play a major league game. I mean, giving a guy a potentially 80-some million dollars before he even steps on the field, there's a tremendous amount of risk in that. Everybody likes to talk about it, that all the Sox are taking advantage of these guys. Nobody likes to talk about what the Houston Astros did with Jonathan Singleton when they, when they gave him $50 million. And he had never played a game. And that was really the first guy that signed one of those deals. And Singleton, he's been out of the league for a couple of years now. Could you and imagine he, the uproar that we would have within this community with, with a contract like that that went off? Like, Chris, go back to Chris Sale. He was on one of those deals. Yep. Yeah. That's 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 one of the reasons Ooh. why they were able to acquire Michael Kopech, Johan Moncada, and even stage some of this stuff is because some of those deals were signed with some of these guys. And for, for an ownership group, if we know that we're working within the constraints of Jerry's pocketbook, exactly. and Steve, this is, this is something, 
you got to love the fact that you have Rick Hahn as your GM of this organization signing those deals because what's what's the only other thing that you can go and do? <laughs> you're stuck then. You're not even mediocre. You're going to fucking suck every single year. So, yeah, let's complain about the dollar amount that some of these guys are making. But in the grand scheme of things, if you're a Sox fan, you're rooting for that deal to pan out. Yep. And, but see – but Steve, I'm 100. I'm 100 with you, man. It, it, that's the one thing I need. I would like to see changed is the 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 player manipulation stuff. And it came to light with Chris Bryant on the North Side, right? Like that's how we all kind of were like, "What the hell's going on here?" Right? Like it, it became a huge deal. Um, and then the White Sox were smart. They're like, "Well, you don't want that backlash. Like we know what we have here. Let's see if we can sign these guys long term without even playing a game yet. Because God forbid, we don't want any bad press in the city of Chicago. So let's do it. You know. And I'll, I'll I'm not saying Rick Hahn's perfect by any means, but from that aspect, man, he's he's nailed it. And people can hate on him all he wants, but all he was all he was doing was playing the game. And I thought he played. I I would much rather him do what he did than not do what he did. You know. And you have Eloy or Luis down for two weeks, and everyone's bitching and complaining. especially knowing that the White Sox have an owner that just simply does not like to pay people. The fact that they are one of five teams that still has never signed a player to a nine-figure contract. This is unfortunately what has to happen when you have a guy that is more concerned about lining his coffin with $100 bills than he is with building the best baseball team he possibly can in a major market. So I will forever applaud Rick Hahn for his one true strength, which is signing these early level and pre-arbitration deals for, for premium talent. And the beauty of it all now, Steve, is that the fact that that man has a GM that has built a team where he really only needs, if he's going to, if he's, if, if he were to ever spend money, he's only got to do it a few positions, right? It's not the whole team that he has to go out and buy that's taken care of for the next four or five years. Go out and fill the needs that you need at one position. Spend the damn money. And if it doesn't pan out, we all sit here and go, at least he at least he tried, right? Like at least he tried. That's all we want. It's a little effort. Steve, do you have do you have current salary uh numbers for the White Sox heading into uh this next season and, and even 2023? I, I don't have them in front of me, but you know, one of the things that that's going to kind of come back and bite some of that, Sean, at least in my opinion, is the fact that some of these some of these pre-arb deals and some of these things are going to start to creep up here and, and send this payroll a little bit higher than what people genuinely would expect. And and where I think that Han also kind of he didn't really hamstring himself too much, but the fact that some of those guys are going to come up due here in one to two years, it I think, makes uh, Timmy's coming up here. Soon. Timmy's Timmy's coming up. I Moncada's going to be coming up. I know he just signed that extension, but that just bought out a little bit of time on him. Yeah. I think it, what is it? Roberts got the longest, or Eloy here. Uh, but you're gonna have to you're Timmy's gonna have gonna to you're gonna have to make some decisions here because it's not just as easy as throwing a hundred million dollars at Michael Conforto which I think a lot of people want to just like go go give him the most amount of money. You got to be I go, I go, strategic with it. You have to you have to be strategic with it because what the, yeah that's where I mean I'm even conflicted as a White Sox fan right now like do you want them to go throw a ridiculous amount of money at one guy who's not that top level talent. When I'm talking 100 million dollars, I'm sitting back here thinking why didn't you sign Manny Machado three years and one day ago if you were going to go do that? Well, you had a seat at the table, Tony. Come on. We did have a seat at the table. And so, I wasn't going to make it through the show without mentioning it. <laughs> but I, I just I – don't, I don't feel comfortable going and throwing that yeah. kind of money at somebody when you have Gavin Sheets and Adam Engel to platoon you until June, knowing that you probably have the best roster in the AL Central right now to go grab that rental. There's no the probably about it. They, they are the best team in the AL Central right now. So why go sign that guy to four or four or five years right now? It just doesn't make sense to it's, me. I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you why, Anthony. And so as I'm looking at uh, Cots contracts right now, um, as we sit here today on February 20th, the White Sox have a 
$175 million payroll, which is about $45 million higher than they have ever had at any point in franchise history. The simple reason why you go out and why you make a move for a guy like a Michael Conforto or, or a second baseman or another starting pitch right there is it's no longer about winning the AL Central. That's just the stepping stone. Go out and win the fucking World Series. Yep. That's what this is about here. You've got a very limited time frame here. You've got Giolito for two more seasons here. He's a guy, he thinks he's a $200 million pitcher. I don't see Jerry Reinsdorf giving a pitcher $200 million. Um, you talked about Tim Anderson. I think he's got you know two years left on his Tim is going to get paid as long as he stays healthy. Right. So you've got a very short window here. Go for broke right now. You need to win the World Series here in the next two years. Go get it done. I don't care what it costs. I don't care about the Reinsdorf family trust fund and the impact it will have on Jerry Reinsdorf's great, 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 if, great, great. If the White Sox sign Michael Conforto and in four years from now, he's eaten up a large portion of this salary cap or the salary or salary cap that could be part of the next CBA. You're going to be complaining about it in three to four years, but, regardless but if they win a World Series. No, no, no. Anthony, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. There will be people who, Anthony, who are complaining about it. I'm going to stop it. you right there. You know why? And it's for one simple reason. Because flags fly and I agree forever. With that. I agree with that. But can you get it done without giving that kind of money to a Michael Conforto? Depends on what he's getting offered. Because you could still go out and make a move at the deadline. You could. But you know as well as I know that if this if if we if we get back from this lockout and the Sox don't address certain needs, right? Shit's gonna hit the fan on the socials, and it's gonna get really annoying. Sean, like would, you say people, would you say people will be hashtag bad online? Yes, yes. And you know what? There's a part of me. There's a part of me that, yeah, I. There was a part of me that used to be like I'd be a part of that, right? Like I'd be pissed off. I'd be furious. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Like I was livid that we didn't go and get Bryce Harper, right? I was livid that we didn't go and get Manny Machado, mm -hmm. you know, because that's I wanted that. I wanted the Sox to not just have a seat at the table. I wanted the Sox to make a statement, and I think. I think that's why we get so worked up as fans. It's not like, oh, we're not spending money. We just want to make, make a fucking statement. Make the team better because you have these guys for only a certain amount more time, and not all of them are coming back, or if not all, right? Like like I said, Timmy's going to get paid. Lucas is going to want to get paid. And Jerry's going to have to make a decision. Who's that going to be? And I'm going to lean that it would be Tim Anderson over Lucas Giolito, right? Because we've seen what Jerry does to guys that are franchise dudes. Timmy, to me, is a franchise dude. That's a dude that I think, in my honest opinion, should play shortstop for the rest of his career on the south side of Chicago. He's going to be your Canerco. He's going to be your Abreu. It should have been Frank Thomas, but we don't need to get into that. Um, but he, that is your staple, right? So, like, go and do what you can do now because I'm with Steve, man. You go and win a World Series in these next two years, three, four years from now, people might bitch a little bit about it. But at the end of the day, they can go to the G spot and see that banner going, you know what? Fuck it. Let's have some beers. Okay. So signing Michael Conforto doesn't guarantee you a World Series. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think that's that's the separator here just a little bit. So say it's the opposite. Say we sign Michael Conforto to a hundred plus million dollar contract. You can trade Gavin Sheets. You can trade uh, Jake Berger. You could trade somebody from one of NWS Steve's articles over at uh, ontapsportsnet.com uh, to the right. NL and, uh, you know, go get something right. back, maybe a reliever, maybe, you know, maybe some pieces here and there. And then the Sox make it to the ALCS and, and fizzle out. Or as we talked about with the perhaps changed playoff scenarios, which I haven't even gotten into with you guys yet. Um, that they were talking about last week. Um, you know, say say they fizzle out again in, in the playoffs next year, or hopefully uh, they 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 make it a little bit further than the ALDS. But say say we get another year like this. We're going into next year. Last year with what is that? Lucas Giolito and and Tim Anderson on contract. Now you're going to have the same pressure from the fans to go out and spend a ton of money, but you've already done it on a guy like Michael Conforto. I don't know what the next free agent class looks like, but to me, there's going to be better options to go do that than specifically Michael Conforto. 
Tony ultimately just doesn't want to see his guy Gavin Sheets gone. That's he just, he, he I mean, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking for this. I'm, this building a case. I'm building a case. Come Gavin on, Sheets, he does not want to see his baby boy get traded. He does not. I don't. I don't want to see Gavin Sheets get traded, but I don't think right field is their biggest issue right now. What would you say is? I would say you need another infielder. Yep. I would say you absolutely need another infielder. And before you go add to the outfield mix, because you've seen Gavin Sheets perform over the course of a half a season, he's basically league minimum right now. Why not use the value there when you also have Adam Engel? There's going to be some injuries and you're going to have to dip into some things, but I think that's addressable via trade. And you've got to give guys like Gavin Sheets, Jake Berger, some of these other guys at bats. So if you're going to move them around and make them a, a tradable piece, Michael Conforto eating up the first half of your season in the outfield is just another bat there. Now that's barring Eloy Jimenez running into a fucking wall. That's where I want Michael Conforto on this roster is if we have injury issues with either Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez. So I can give that one. I'll concede that. But you need to find a way to get another infielder in here because Lurie Garcia has to be your utility guy to me. Yep. And so, right now there's not a lot of there's not a lot available in that mid range where they're gonna spend somewhere near eighty to a hundred million dollars on a guy that's gonna make the most impact there. So Anthony, you bring up an interesting point right there when you talk about Aloy and some of his defensive issues. And Sean, you know, I'm sure you've probably have, have seen this. Luis Robert is an absolute freak show athletically there in center field. And I put this out there on record about a week or so ago here, last time we got together, you know, Tony, and, and recorded that I think if Luis Robert plays 150 games, he's finishing top three in the MVP voting this year. Uh, yep. The best way that that is going to happen is if you don't have him flanked by some combination of Aloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. Because that he is just going to have to cover so much ground, and you're opening yourself up to so much more risk there from a health standpoint. That's why I would like to see a functional corner outfielder in Conforto, a guy that has shown quality defensive metrics throughout the course of his career. 2021, the, the numbers graded down a little bit, but throughout the entirety of his career, he has graded out to at least be an average defender, which I – no offense, Anthony, your baby boy. I just—he's not a right fielder. No, he's not a—he's not a right fielder. Either. He's, he's Andrew not. Andrew Vaughn wasn't a left fielder either. Right. Andrew, Andrew Vaughn wasn't a left fielder, but Gavin Sheets doesn't profile as a right fielder either. I mean, this is a guy who's built to play first base or DH. I mean, that's just—that is what it is. He was serviceable out there, sure, but you want his bat in the lineup. That's what you want from Gavin Sheets. You want his bat in the lineup. But that's. That's somewhat, in my opinion, what you saw the Milwaukee Brewers try and construct just a few years ago is just get the best bat in the lineup and, you know, somewhat hope and pray that you've got the defense to get by some of this. But we've seen defense win championships and, and pitching as well. But for the White Sox, a team that needs more home runs, a team that needs to, as Steve says, you know, get the ball, ball go far, team go far. I, I just I want that bat in the lineup, especially against right-handed pitching when you've got Gavin Sheets there. And you start to run out of options to put these guys. Yeah. Like you really run out quickly. And the Sox are gonna have a huge decision to make with Jose Abreu when this contract's up. And no, what, they're I mean, not. What do you mean they're not? They're not gonna have a huge decision to make no, because no, they've got no, they're not, no, they're not, they're, they're not. And it, it's very simple because he can go directly to the owner and say, I want a new contract. Okay, so then I what is it? I want to be a White Sox forever or forever. And Jerry's going to go. Yes, so so you guys, you guys are on that path too. Here you go. You guys are on that path too. That, yes. that Jose Abreu is going to be re-signed by the Chicago White Yes. What does that mean for Andrew Vaughn? Like, why draft Andrew Vaughn then? You already – I mean, Gavin Sheets wasn't expected to be, you know, this level of major league hitter, but you also got – you drafted Andrew Vaughn to come in and, and be his replacement. Okay, so you so have two first, you have two viable first base options and probably a third in Eloy Jimenez. Jose Abreu, as long as he wants to play baseball, will be a White Sox. It's just I, going off track record. Like, they, no way is Jerry going to allow Jose Abreu to go play for the Oakland Athletics like he did somebody else. It's not going to happen. 
and you have that based on what president in history because you let Frank Thomas go do it, Sean. That's what I'm saying. I I just I don't think he makes that mistake again. I don't think he does. But does that come at the cost of a championship? He don't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit because he's he's shown all this. Okay, so are people going to be mad online when Jose Abreu signs that contract? Yes. Yes. But then you'll have a majority that'll go. He's it's Jose Abreu and and gifs and gifs whatever you effing call it it's it's he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and he's 50 years old like it, it's just tone let me ask you guys this because i was just thinking about when you were talking about it would you rather would you rather have conforto as your right fielder jake berger as your second baseman or would you rather go out and get a second baseman and have the mixture of vaughn sheets whoever else they want to throw out in right field I would rather go out and get a second baseman. There's nothing out there. They, that that's the that's the kicker to this is you waited out the market and you got yourself into this lockout, knowing exactly that you had to go bring back Larry Garcia because you have no op. There's there's no major league ready option outside of Larry Garcia to go play second base on your depth chart as of right now. Are you okay? Are you to rush you? Colton Montgomery up here? Does Romy Gonzalez not exist? Romy Gonzalez, yeah, Romy Gonzalez. Let's go back and play the same game over and over again with some of these guys. Can we go back to the late two thousands and bring up Danny Richard? Oh my oh, god. god! I was all in on Danny Richard, man. <laughs> hey man, I, Willie Harris is still one of my favorite oh, yeah. White Sox of all time. Hey, Fast Willie really scored the most important run in franchise history. He did score the most important run in franchise history. Pablo, and that, that the fact that he worked for the Cubs organization, guys, I've got to just go off off topic here. When when I found <laughs> out that Willie Harris was working for the Cubs, I cried a little bit. I was like, "That's my guy." I mean, he hurt. he was he was he was sta- he, he had to come in and replace Ray Durham, who was like my childhood favorite. I played a lot of second base in in little league, and and Ray Durham was my guy. And then Willie Harris comes in and scores the most important run in franchise history, as Steve just said. And to see him working in the Cubs organization after he was coaching in the White Sox organization, I wanted to see him come up, uh, you know, a little bit through the ranks here. But that one hurt. I don't know if it hurt anybody else. It no, hurt it, me. It hurt. It hurt for sure. It's not great, Bob. <laughs> things things you don't like Steve, to see. Steve, what do you what do you think on that though? Would- my my opinion is that I would rather have the right fielder and have that position addressed because I just don't think that second base in the game of baseball today, if you have a coaching staff and a manager that is going to utilize data and utilize shifting. And this is one of the things I wrote about a couple of weeks ago and hoping that LaRusa does this a little more in his second season back. If you can utilize some of that data more to put guys in a better position defensively. I just don't think second base defense is as important today as it has been historically. So let's put Gavin Sheets at second base. That's what I'm hearing. Just get that bat in the line. Full set. Full set. I mean, I don't know if I don't I don't if Gavin Sheets played second base, like I I just no, this is that was a ridiculous thing for me to say. But at the same notion, like you talk about ball go far, team go far, right? So we want as many home runs packed into this lineup as we can get. We're both on the we're we're actually we're all on the same uh, agreement path here. I hear you that, like fireworks, the, Anthony. Yes, I love fireworks, and the more fireworks that are lit off at 35th and Shields, the more money Jerry has to spend on this team. So that hits your bucket, right, Steve? <laughs> Just all, get as I many big boppers as you can in this fucking lineup. Can we Bridgeport Bombers, man. Let's yeah, go. That's, that's what we want. So more home runs, less defense. I wouldn't we can't, mind we can't bitch about the defense all year. Like I, I won't bitch about the defense all year if Gavin Sheets is playing second base. I won't. I won't bitch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing Jake Berger though. I wouldn't either. And I, I, I think that Jake has gotten himself to a point where his build right now, he's super athletic. You've seen the videos, you've seen yeah. him on Instagram, you've seen him, you know, just trying to turn uh, the the double play there in that drill uh, just a few weeks ago. And I think he looks good. I, I Why not give him a shot? You did this with Andrew Vaughn last year. This is a former first round pick. He's an athletic guy. He's super dedicated to his craft. We've talked to him recently. I mean, he is, he, he deserves a shot at the big league level. If you're not going to give it to him here, 
He's probably a trade. He's probably a trade piece. I would hate to see that because I really like the guy. I want to see him succeed in Chicago, but why not give him the chance? Yeah. The dude mashes too. I mean, we've seen that in in person as well, Steve. We we smashed up a, an Astros trash can in Lot B, and then we watched Jake Berger just pour it on when the Sox were already way ahead of the of the Astros in that game. The guy can hit. Give him a chance. If like if you're if you're gonna go make the Conforto play, that's what I want to see on the opening day roster. There's probably a Jake Berger at, at at second base opening day. I don't know about you guys. Lurie Garcia will probably get to start, but I want to see Berger on the roster. He just signed a three year, sixteen million dollar deal. He's getting the start. Ready to go. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. I mean, you know, Tony, to your point there, the idea of seeing Jake Berger give second base a try. I'm I'm open to it, you know. Certainly, like I said, we've seen some guys with similar builds, Max Muncy, Mike Mustakis, make that transition over to second base in the last couple of years. And again, if this team utilizes some of the shifting and, and some of the more modern analytics and and things to put him in the best position defensively, I think you can mask some limitations that he might have from a range factor standpoint or just from an unfamiliarity standpoint of not having played that position as frequently growing up here. So I think it's manageable in certain aspects. Um, but again, you know, the other thing that maybe we haven't talked about here is I don't know that Craig Kimbrell is going to be on this roster. And there was all that smoke around the idea of Kimbrell going to the Phillies for Jonathan Segura uh, or, or Gene, Gene Segura. Um, you know, that would potentially address that second base position there. Segura is a guy that has 20 to 25 home run pop. I would um, love Segura on this. Roster. I, I'd be, I'd be totally I would fine. Love with Segura. On this I'd be roster. totally fine with that. Look, they're basically. But Philly did make a move. They made a move right before uh, the lockout happened. Did they bring in uh, Corey Kniebel? They brought they, in, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. They brought in somebody. I can't remember exactly. Who they it was. did, they did. But at the same time, their bullpen was so historically bad last year that Joe Girardi was literally like a, about to rip his eyes out on a nightly basis from having to watch that stuff. So you know that there is there any good bullpen in baseball? That just brings me back. This is the perfect question to ask these two guys. Is 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 there is there like a perfect bullpen in baseball right now that you're trying to model yourself after? Sean, you brought up the field of dreams game. Steve, we wanted to gouge our eyes out with Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks in the same night and Michael Kopech to an extent. Like there was there's always going to be issues. So I would I would almost argue like why not keep a guy who's had a Hall of Fame career on the south side for one more year and maybe like if you're if it would make no sense to trade him at the deadline but could you flip him for a piece at the deadline to another competing team for a really nice piece I don't know like do you need to trade Craig Kimbrell right now because I'll get into this one with you guys. What are you doing with Garrett Crochet? If Kopech's moving to the rotation, where's Reynaldo Lopez going? How does this all fit? You know my position on, on Garrett Crochet. I think that the lack of a plan for him over the last year is extremely baffling because they talked about one of the reasons why they drafted him was they thought that he was going to be able to transition into a starter. And Top position type. Right. Nope. And we're seeing the exact same thing that we saw with Michael Kopech last year and that they didn't stretch him out. So what is exactly is the plan for Garrett Crochet here? Are they going to try to stretch him out and give him multiple inning roles this year versus being just a, you know, late inning mid leverage guy? That's kind of what they have to figure out. They got to figure out what they're going to do here. And then the other thing too is, you know, the, the results overall were fine last year, but they weren't as dominating as we saw during that 2020 season when he was coming up throwing 102, 103, and really – There was something missing. Yeah, yeah. And so it makes you wonder. You go back to game three against Oakland during the during the 2020 wildcard series there when he had to live with the forearm issue. Is there still some residual impact from that? And, I mean, that's kind of what you have to figure out here is – where is Garrett Crochet going to go here? Because personally, I don't see a path to him being a starting pitcher with this team, if I'm being totally honest. No, and I, I think to your point there, Steve, I, I think he's shown that he's he can be a dominant reliever. And I feel like when it comes to the White Sox, once they see that you can 
do something, they're like, okay, that's what you're going to be now. Like, I, I, I don't see him. He just one. I didn't see him being a starter when they drafted him. I was like, dude, you, you had your, your motion, all that stuff just screams like I'm, I'm bringing the lefty out of the pen, right? Like it's not fluid. Now, granted, I say that when Chris Sale was the same same way right here was here was the difference though with, with chris sale chris sale chris sale had three years as a starter at florida atlantic yeah Dan crochet didn't have that so there's right. a there's a major difference there between those two yeah and i just i think now it's to the point where he's he's in the bullpen he's in the bullpen and i swear to god if they bring him out in the 10th inning ever again i'm gonna lose my mind that was I felt I honestly felt bad for him. And the way that it was where you have the damn runner on second base starting, it just felt like every time it would be okay, ball one, ball two, ball three, ball four. Okay, then there's runners on first and second. And then they bunt on him and he and can't it, feel this. And he can't feel the bunt. So then it's second and third, or he threw it away. And it's just like, dude, like and the fact that they just kept going to him was like was like Tony, put in somebody else to start the damn tenth inning. I couldn't take it anymore. But I think I, I think Garrett Crochet is a bullpen guy. I don't see him maybe being a spot starter, maybe, you know. But I just I think he's in his role enough now where he's he's bullpen. He's bullpen. The only the only way that you move Garrett Crochet to the starting rotation is you drop him to the minor leagues for an extended yep. period of time, and they won't do it. They won't do that, it. I think that kind of hinges on if you keep. Kimbrel around next year because I think you you may be able to make a play where you can afford to drop Garrett Crochet down to AAA Charlotte and say let's stretch you out. You have Ronaldo Lopez who showed glimpses of that he figured it out. A little I from- think that Ronaldo Lopez and I've said this for years. Ronaldo Lopez coming out in a sixth seventh inning might be able to give you that sixth seventh right because first and- time through the order if you look at his data go back. He's going to be electric. Let him ramp it up. That guy's yep. got stuff. When he's a starter, he dials it back just a little bit. So if you're going to try and utilize Reynaldo Lopez in any sort of role, you kind of give him the Garrett Crochet spot. Right. Just a little, if, although if, if they give him that, if they give him that role, the six, seven, Tony, then yeah, then you can afford, okay, we'll send Crochet down. Because you're gonna be, you're gonna be missing Michael Kopech this year. So in the bullpen, assuming that Michael yep. Kopech is going to be starting. We have no idea what's going to happen with Dallas Keuchel. I think that there was some chat with the 108 guys and and uh, and Dave yesterday on, um, you know, what do you do with you know everybody says that this team needs starting pitching help. Where do you go because Keuchel's here? I, I think Keuchel's going to be starting. You yeah. might get two or three innings out of him. You're going to have to have a Reynaldo Lopez in the bullpen to go pick up at least two innings every five days and just know that you're going to need that guy. I don't want to see Jose Ruiz anymore. I don't know about you, but I just don't want to see Jose Ruiz anymore. I'd rather see Reynaldo Lopez. This bullpen is going to be very interesting. I, at the, at the onset of the season, depending on what they do with Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. Well, I refuse to buy into any bullpen hype after last year. Cause remember it was, this is going to be the greatest bullpen of all time, blah, 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 blah. And then they shit their pants. So I'm not, I'm not buying into it anymore. Put your bullpen together the way it is, and in May or June, I'll be like, okay, yeah, these guys are legit. Here's yeah, some some, some idiot. Some idiot I know wrote an article talking about how great that bullpen was going to be before the season started. <laughs> let's let's go back to 2005. Who started the year as the closer for the White Sox? Uh, Jingo, baby, hit the gong. Hit the gong. <laughs> then you had some Dustin Hermanson action in there, and then you uh, finally settled on Bobby Jenks. Dustin Hermanson, he's a Great facial hair. Great. Oh, he all, did have good facial Great chops. Hair. Great chops. I did not all think time. that Dustin Hermanson was going to get mentioned in this episode of Sox on Tap. We, Listen, are. we are always able to bring up one obscure White Sox legend from the we've past. Every time we're able to get together. Yeah, we've had Danny Richard and Dustin Hermanson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you've got those on your bingo card tonight. <laughs> now if we could just find a way to work in the best first-round Chicago draft pick named Fields in, you know, that might just complete the trifecta. Oh yeah, you. Might. Hey, I mean it's, it's 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 just fantastic that we haven't brought up Joe Borchard yet. Um, hey, hey, he hey he had a five hundred foot home run. Yeah, I was about, hey man, easy. 
You young whippersnappers probably don't remember that. I do. I do remember that. I do. And I and I remember Diane. He's going to save all our issues run. in center field. Joe Borchard. Good God. That thing sailed out. I mean, if the goose was there at the time, would it have hit the goose? I think it would have. I think the goose is dead. I think the goose is dead on that Joe Borchard home run. I don't. Somebody's got to go pull the tape and like put that into modern day guaranteed rate field and see if that would hit the goose. Well, if we're doing that, I'd like to see what Eric Chavez used to do back in the day. With Oakland. Good God. Best batting practice home run that you guys have ever seen. I will tell. Okay. So this is. And the one that I caught count. Probably. I'm going to go to Steve first here. Hands down. The best batting practice performance I've ever seen in my all or part of four decades watching this game. In Minnesota, July of 2012, Tyler fucking Flowers was just nuking balls into the <laughs> third deck with regularity. God, Tyler Flowers, man. It's another little name drop. That's there. a blast from the past, right there. Yeah. This I, is going way deep. Yeah. I would say, I, I would say for me now, he played on the opposing team, but Mark Teixeira. I saw I caught one of Teixeira's bombs. And it was just everything he was hitting was bombs. It was just there was no let's work on hitting the other way. It was how far can I hit this damn baseball? And so when you're seeing that, you're like, okay, well, I'm out in the bleachers out in left field at the G spot. And I was just kept going a row back, a row back, a row back. So I would say to share just because, you know, seeing it live in person. But, yeah. I saw Miggy before he was with Detroit put one off of the well. It was the left field scoreboard. Do you, do you guys remember when it was just the LED lights that would light up with the lineup? He put one off the like the top of that scoreboard, and it like just shattered some LED light in there. Like before the game started, I was in the in the park early, and I just watched that thing. And then of course, like you get like all the ground crew people like running up over there to go try and fix this <laughs> thing before the game started. But, I mean, it was just the most monstrous home run I've ever seen hit. The sound off the bat was so loud. And just watching it hit off that scoreboard, I'm like, yeah, that seems possible in, in real baseball. And, like, we still cheer in the, the fireworks after the home run that just sails into the bullpen. It just feels kind of cheap. I want the Mark <laughs> McGuire home runs back. <laughs> well, they can do it right now. They're yes. So let's go. So I mean that that's a that's a great next segment here. Which which White Sox player would benefit from a juice routine over the next few days the most? Steve, I'll go to you first. I mean, I think that might be none other than the famous White Sox Twitter whipping boy, Yoan Mancata, because I think we all saw 2019 juiced bouncy ball. Yoan Mancata showed the glimpses of what everybody expected him to be. Um I mean, that was a guy that showed 25 home run pop and looked like a top 10 player in the sport. So you get back to, you know, maybe they tighten the baseballs up a little bit just uh, as a way to kind of. No, this is this is juice is fully legal in 2022. Oh, Steve. oh, oh, oh which which if you if you get to select one player from your from your roster from a, from a fun get, standpoint. Yes. Yeah, so like, this is like, a fun standpoint. Oh, one, oh, oh. one guy per team is on the juice all year. Who are you picking for the White Sox? Who do you that, want on that, the juice? Okay, then that, that it's really, really simple. He's already a genetic specimen, but if we're going to add juice into the equation, none other than Luis. <laughs> That's exactly who I was going to say, Luis Robert. Like, dude's a freak now. Could you imagine? I, see, I'm going to go off the cusp with this one. I'm going to say I want Lance Lynn on the juice. <laughs> Can he get he, any angrier? Yes, yes, that's exactly what I want. Could you imagine <laughs> juiced up Lance Lynn just walking off the mound in roid rage? Like that would be absolutely electric stuff. Save the home runs for a minute. Lance Lynn would probably be ejected from almost every single start the same way he was when he whipped his belt out of the dugout it would just provide the most electric content and we would have so much to talk about i want lance lynn on the juice if those slap those slap dick motherfuckers wouldn't stand a chance if who would you think okay so if someone were to get on the juice who you think would be the most notable like you would go yeah that dude's on fucking something on the team that's a great question that's a great question i'd go um, lucas Gilito. 
probably Giolito, but I think just because he's a stick. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta just kind of do a little think here about the current roster. Because I would have no clue if it was Mankata because he's jacked. I'd have no clue if it was Robert because he's jacked. Eloy's just big, right? Jose's big. Timmy I mean, Lurie Garcia is kind of jacked already, so I don't think you see like massive gains there. But what about like Andrew Vaughn? I'm gonna go off the cusp here. He's already a fucking lunatic. Can you imagine Liam Hendricks? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I there's just no comment Yeah, you kill somebody. You kill somebody. Damn, that's that's wild. That that was that was a good little, good little off the cusp uh, drop there, Steve. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of hitters though. Like, would you know if this guy was on, is is Billy Hamilton still around? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was a. I think that was a one and done. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back, but I wouldn't mind seeing Billy Hamilton come back. But that that's that just goes into the whole same thing. Like, if we're seeing Billy Hamilton next year, we've got a Luis Robert problem. Brian Goodwin. I don't know if I want to see any more Brian Goodwin. See, I don't know that that Billy Hamilton being on the roster means that there's a Luis Robert problem, just because of the fact that I mean you're gonna have that 26 spot. So I think that that is an actually a good use of a lower end roster spot. I mean, he's he's kind of your dugout hype man last year, guys. Like he was he was good for the the clubhouse. He had a ton of speed. He played great defense. I, I don't want to say that there's a Luis Robert problem. I, I guess I should rephrase what I said. If we're seeing Billy Hamilton almost every day, That's there's a, a Luis Robert problem or Eloy problem. Or Eloy problem, yes. And which has a great chance of happening in time so yeah, But that's a different that's a different question that I'll ask you guys. But, but counter, counterpoint to that though, because because if if Eloy is hurt, then you just slide Andrew Vaughn to left because then you've got Michael Conforto in right, and then Gavin Sheets is your full time DM. Yeah, and then you got Gavin. Got Gavin. Yeah, Come but Gavin doesn't need to play the whole year in Charlotte. Give the give the man a big league meal. He deserves he deserves to make be on that team. That's what I'm saying. You know, he kind of I don't know how they do it. Here. I don't know how they configure it, but that dude Gavin Sheets needs to be on the opening day roster. But I, I just think I just think if if the Dodgers and if the Rays can find ways to manipulate their rosters to have 26 quality major league players on there and find ways to piece it together and get guys in the lineup with consistency, I struggle to think that a Hall of Fame baseball person like Tony Larusa can't figure it out. Steve, I would go and argue that the Dodgers and and other teams like that don't have the same roster construction issues that the White Sox do, where most people profile as a corner position. That's a uh, fair point. With with big power uh, and raw power. And, you know, the only guys that you really kind of have up the middle are Tim Anderson and, and Luis Robert. That's it. You don't have a lot of depth elsewhere. You've got Adam Engel, who's more of a, a glove type guy. I'd love to have him on my bench. Larry Garcia, kind of your utility guy, plug and play. Love to have him on my bench. You want to add a guy like Billy Hamilton? Well, there's nowhere to put him because you're backloaded in other type spots with power. You don't even have a backup catcher for this team right now. I don't that's another thing. That. To I don't want to see Zach Collins. That's for damn sure. Steve loves Zach Collins. You know, I, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt for for longer than a lot of people did, but yeah, that's just that's that's a no for me, dog. I'm with you. I did. I was the same way. I was like, first round draft pick. Let's give him a shot. Get him. See what he can do. And it just it's not there. It just not there. Ne- it just never worked. And you know, he would show little flashes like after he had that initial cup of coffee with the socks, he went back down to Charlotte and the strikeout to walk numbers improved drastically. And he started showing more of the power and then he just came up again and it's just not there. And we've seen enough defensively that that is not a catcher. So they need to stop that. Um, They definitely need to figure out a quality defensive backup catcher there to be able to spell Yaz. And and I think that's another thing that's been a hot button topic on, on White Sox Twitter here this year. And Sean, I don't know how much of this you've seen is 
does Yaz need to kind of be worked more into the DH rotation at For times? First base slash DH rotation. I Steve, I want to double down on this one. You saw that with him at almost every other stop in his career where you saw him kind of have that day at first base or, or DH or, you know, just getting a break uh, yeah. behind the plate. And that's nothing against, you know, his defensive abilities back there. I think he had kind of a lousy year last year. And if you look at the data on pass balls, like it's not great, but you know what you're getting with him. And again, if we're going to go with my best bat in the lineup theme, I don't want to see Yaz sitting on the bench for Zach Collins when you can put his bat in the lineup by putting him at first or DH. But again, he's part of the problem because he's that same profile guy, but he's also your catcher. Well, and, and you know, Jose doesn't like DH. So if Jose doesn't like DH, if Jose doesn't want to DH, Jose is going to play first base, which then Yaz doesn't get to go play first base and keep his bat in the lineup. Isn't it it wild to you guys that we've got a whole team full of guys that don't like DHing, and yet everybody is like just so happy that there's a universal DH now? I love universal DH. I'm all for it. It it almost makes me wonder if maybe some of these guys might be trade pieces for NL teams. Be crazy, be crazy. They, they will, they will be so mad. They'll probably uh, be mad online, Steve. You know, Do you imagine telling me he's got? But honestly, okay, game. okay. But that benefit. I think that rule change for this team, the way it's constructed right now, benefits the White Sox for exactly what you just said, Steve. Whether it being sarcastic or not, they do have trade pieces that can go and play DH. Would the Chicago Cubs have traded Eloy Jimenez if there was a universal DH at the time? No, no. No, because Eloy eventually within that next year probably would have got called up and would have been hitting bombs over at Wrigley. And instead he's doing it against them now, which I prefer. So, And that's why the pitcher should remain batting in the NL. <laughs> no. Uh, that's stri- strategery. Yes. That's all I've got. I don't, I don't, I don't have much else. I was waiting. I was saving that one for you, Steve. You would, Anthony. You would. You guys have got anything else, White Sox, to talk about? No, this is this has been this has been fun. You know, it's listen, been therapeutic. You know, yeah. you know, Anthony, you're you're a man of the people. You're all about bringing people together and helping forge new, lasting relationships. It's one of the things that you do best. And uh, Sean, hey, it's been an absolute pleasure to to hop on here with you, man. It's, yeah. Uh, Nice yeah. to finally be able to talk with you. Absolutely. And I, I always tell Tony, I'm like, man, if I'm around or available, I'm I'm all in. Because I don't get to – you know, it's like sitting out here in Des Moines, I, I don't get to talk a lot of White Sox baseball. And, of course, whenever I do, then everyone's like, oh, you're just being a homer because you're a Sox fan, blah, 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 blah. And it's like I, it's nice to be able to hop on and talk for an hour, strictly White Sox, nothing else. I can get it out of my system, and it just – it feels good. So – Happy to do it whenever, whenever I'm invited or can. Sean, I think we'll we'll have your voice on this show uh, a little bit more than than we had it on last year. I appreciate you always coming on here. You're always available as a guest, and as I started the show out saying, uh, it's always great talking White Sox baseball, especially with you, especially during the games. Hopefully, we we get to a point here in the near future where all of us can, you know, actually text over some live baseball. I'd like to <laughs> bitch nice. about like I'd yeah. like to bitch about an umpire calling. Let me something. do you one. Let me do you one better. You know what would make it even better is if we could get together in say a magical little place known as Lot B before the game, Ooh, have yes. a couple two tree pops, and then go in and see some fucking fireworks. How My, nice would uh, that be? And Steve, how, how great- Steve, you're asking for a lot right now. All I want is like a blown call by like. Angel Hernandez. I just want I want Luis Robert to hit six home runs in a game against the Minnesota Twins. I just that that's what I want. That's what I want in life because that will just make everything complete for me. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you, boys. The goal is to get to not only just one game this year, but a couple. So if I, if I can work it out, the hardest thing for me is having my Saturday morning show. Now it's not like I can just pick up on a Friday night and come home. I got I got to rearrange a lot of things. Uh, to, to, to be able to come in. But my, my plan is to come for a couple Saturday games this year and, and uh, enjoy some adult beverages and, and get wild at the G spot. That's what it's all about. I, I can't wait to get back there. It might not be on March 31st. Like we uh, had all hoped, but uh, let's hope hey, they hammer it, it out. 
Yeah, and hey, White Sox, please stop emailing me about single-season tickets right now while there is no product to be able to put on the field. I would I would prefer not to get the emails anymore. Hey, buy your tickets right now. For what? <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we gave him the uh the platform to to air what he really wanted to say. Oh, I've been bitching about it on the radio for the last week. <laughs> I'm 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 glad you got it out of your system again. Sean, before we sign off here, let everybody know where to find you. Uh appreciate you coming on, man. Let everybody know where to find you and uh then we'll we'll close this thing down how we always do. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Sean23Roberts. Um, I I do radio out here in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, radio show Monday through Friday and a radio show on Saturday. I'm also the in-game host for Drake Men's Basketball. Um, so if you're ever watching the game on ESPN or ESPN2 and they're at the Nap Center, you might hear my voice uh, not broadcasting the game, but you might hear it in the background. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Awesome stuff. Steve, you know you're not getting out of here – with without this one steve i've got to ask before we go how are you feeling about the college basketball situation that's going on in uh in in the region i know sean just brought up he's he's the in-game host for Drake yeah, basketball hey. i'm gonna give yeah. you i'm gonna give you a minute here you know you know anthony it's it's funny that you that you mentioned that my purdue boilermakers are leading the big 10 I'm not sure if everybody listening to this broadcast is aware of this, but my Purdue Boilermakers are 2-0 against the Illinois Fighting Illini, who have been hyped up as you know the greatest team in the history of college basketball, who they're, the only opponent they've ever lost to has been the officials throughout the entirety of their program's history. So you know between that and you know they still have a long ways to go to try to surpass my my second team, the Loyola Ramblers. Who, who Sean? I know you just uh, hey, dogs got to win yesterday, there, man. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know Illinois still has a ways to go until they can maybe reclaim the state championship. But the fact of the matter is, Purdue, they're running this Big Ten, baby. Don't you ever forget it. Just taking shots at. I'm Nani. just. I'm I just glad. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad Nani's not on here right now. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I had to give. I had to give Steve the 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 brief moment there because you know he's he's got his things. He's just getting over the Nagy firing, so I want to I want to give Steve his platform. Sorry, sorry, I'm, sorry I'm, for your loss, Steve. Sorry for be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, as our guy Buzz would say. Um, and be sure you're checking out at Sox on Tap on Twitter and following us on YouTube at on Tap Sportsnet. Guys, it's awesome talking White Sox baseball. It was a great Sunday fun day. It's always good to have some beers. I feel like I'm back in Lot B, like spiritually. So that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I can't wait to crack beers with you guys in person. That's all I've got. White Sox forever. That's right. Go Sox. White Sox for life. <laughs> <laughs>